0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. All right. Hour number two of your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, February 9th is brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor and the Chicago Reader. Benny J, take it away. One of the first uh, people I talked to yesterday, actually, literally the first person I talked to yesterday uh, after I heard uh, the news that... uh, the great Karen Lewis had died with Stacy Davis Gates. Uh, Stacy, <laughs> like picking up a great tradition of Karen Lewis, teasing me for my uh, bizarre sleep habits. I'm usually up at four in the morning and I tend to sleep till 10. Uh, and Stacy, of course, is uh, up with the uh, worms or up with the birds to get the worms. And so she was teasing me big time. Stacey, uh, thanks for so much for coming on the show uh, to talk about the great Karen Lewis.
0: Hey, thank you um, for wanting to talk. And um, I think I only want to talk to you about Karen because I know how much you love her. And I and I don't say that in past tense because love doesn't. Our love doesn't transition in that way. So, thank you.
1: Yes, I uh, I've talked uh, a lot already on the show or some on the show about um, my love for Karen Lewis, and I wrote I've written a couple things for the reader about it. Um, But I still haven't, um, Stacey, I've really, I feel like even though I've talked about it and wrote about it, uh, I haven't really uh, expressed fully what uh, Karen Lewis meant to me on a personal level, but also what I think she meant to the city of Chicago on a larger level. And um, I said at the start of the show, uh, she liberated Chicago to a certain degree. uh, She enabled, she took the shackles off people may want to put the shackles back on, but like people are so afraid of confronting the mayor. So afraid of chat. Even if he said something stupid, he's selling all the parking meters that were $10 billion for a billion. Ugh, can't, can't say anything bad about the mayor because he's the mayor. And Karen Lewis, like, no, I'm 57 year old woman. I can retire. I go to Hawaii anytime I want. I'll say what I want to say and I'll speak from my heart. Uh, that was kind of how I, I've, view it in a nutshell why don't you talk a little bit about um uh, your thoughts about karen first of all how did you meet karen talk about that a little bit
0: how did i meet karen um when CORE was being built you know jackson potter had this crazy idea that our union could advocate for the lives of our students and their families and um put together this motley crew of people um, Karen being one of them, and I just remember how smart and clear she was. Her confidence, all those damn ink pens, because, you know, um, if you've ever been next to her in a space where she's taking notes, she has, um, you know, multicolored pens, how she takes notes, and so uh, she was just real clear and easygoing, I think that's the other thing. I think the, the 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 public figure was one thing, and Karen completely different. She collects people like all these different types of weirdos, and and I consider myself a weirdo. She collects us, um, and she always has this like. I've often imagined the Harlem re- Renaissance, and like. I know this is a tangent, but like you imagine that I imagine the Harlem Renaissance and you have this salon with all of these different types of people and you have this person who's hosting. That's Karen Lewis, right? She gets all of these people together who wouldn't otherwise be in the same space together and they're enjoying each other because she knows that we have more Things that are in common than they are not. So um, you meet people with her. She's just easygoing. going. Um, I think the best thing for me about Karen is that she gives you a chance and that chance doesn't disappear if you make a mistake. She, she, she allows for your development and she supports that. And that was that has been important for me. Um, people like me often suffer from imposter syndrome where you don't see yourself, um, you you don't see other people who look like you in effect in these places, and then you you spend way too much time wondering how you got an opportunity and why you got the opportunity. And she. She knew that somehow she knew it, even if you didn't tell her and she supported your space and your place. So she gave you place and then she created space for you to be there. Just her example. To your point, I'm 57 years old. I can say whatever I want to say. If they don't like it and they want me away, then I can go away too. I don't have anything to lose in this. And I, and I think that that to me was very instructive of how i get to behave. It's just like, cause you can, why not? And, and that's so liberating, so liberating. Uh,
1: when you, uh, when uh, I knew Karen before she uh, took over, I didn't know you. And uh, she was the one who told me about you. Yeah, I got this Stacey Davis Gates uh, and uh, <laughs> SDG. Uh, so how did she elevate? You were a high school uh, history teacher. I was,
0: so I was. go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, so how did she decide and determine that uh, you had what it takes to become uh, a lobbyist or, uh, for the union in Springfield, which is the start of your, uh, your political career.
0: Um, yeah, that is funny. I was pregnant with, uh, my second child. I have three, as you know, but I was pregnant. My son was a toddler and, and I'm pregnant and I'm at the union for a committee meeting, like most of our rank and file. And she's with Audrey. Um, Audrey, you know, is forever her assistant. And I'm, at the elevator they're coming out and I'm trying to go up and we stop and greet each other of course and apparently they have been having a conversation about the position and Audrey says I bet she could do it this little old girl can do it here and Karen says she Stacy, could do that job and I'm like I don't know what y'all are talking about, but there is this stomach in front of me. The job that I'm doing is the one that I have. And, you know, laughed, got on the elevator and went to the meeting. Um, But what Karen told me later was that I need someone who will be transparent, who will be clear and who will have judgment and who won't be afraid to represent us. Because that place is different from what we have been accustomed to. We're teachers. But I also know that you won't shrink. And I need someone who won't shrink and who will carry our message in the way that it's meant to be carried. And so it happened.
1: All right. Well, so this is around uh, 2010, 2011. I've talked about this uh, on the show, but why don't you give folks a sense of what the world looked like, politically speaking? This is before uh, the Chicago teacher strike. Think about this, ladies and gentlemen, before Bernie Sanders uh, left run in 2016, uh, before the north side of Chicago said no more charter schools. Uh, this was a very different political world. Uh, Waiting for Superman was this uh, pro charter school, anti-teachers union movie that intoxicated so many uh, New uh uh, uh, Demis, uh, Dems like Rom uh, they, they were just consuming Massive amounts of that Kool-Aid Talking about cutting pensions Cutting school uh, Closing schools, etc uh, And Karen Lewis comes on the scene As the head of the Chicago Teachers Union And Rom told her, shut up, fall in line Because I'm the boss So that, what, describe what it was like Going into that, that political world uh, As a lobbyist for Karen Lewis And the Chicago Teachers Union
0: well, we had just gotten rolled, quite frankly. Uh, Senate Bill 7 had just passed, and it was a very, it was a very blatant attempt at um, defaming the union even more so he could roll out these ridiculous ideas about how you give education to black and brown children in Chicago. And we had gotten rolled. They, they bought up every lobbyist and had every lobbyist on their team you know, they, they gave major contributions to support their efforts. Um, and, and so people were captivated by this operation that said everything, right. That had all of, you know, the panache and just everything. And then our operation was brand new. Not only was Karen brand new, Dan Montgomery was brand new as well. So, Every It was like the perfect time for like the neoliberals to strike and provide this bullshit um, civil rights message as a means to breaking a union, trying to, as a means to, um, you know, lessening and weakening the voice of teachers in the classroom, as a means of firing veteran and experienced black female teachers. Um, and so they went to Springfield and they got They got this bill done and then they come back to Chicago beating their chest and basically saying we're going to lengthen the school year, lengthen the school day. We are going to make sure that black kids learn and we're going to make education better in Chicago. And I mean, look, they had a 20 plus year head start. They knew what they were doing and they started putting it into motion. But they didn't realize, though is that Karen Lewis and her leadership is that she was? She didn't lead from the top. She led with a lot of different individuals, rank and file, her, her, her executive team, her officers. She, she, under, she was smart enough to know that she didn't know everything, but she knew enough and knew enough people to put together a team that was dynamic. Most of us hadn't done anything before, so we, we quite frankly, we didn't have anything to fear because we didn't know enough to be afraid of anything. That's one. And then two, we didn't have very much to lose. And I think that's the part of the story that people often leave out. You basically took everything away from us, our bargaining rights, and then you doubled down and said, now you can't go on strike unless you get 75% to say yes, And then all of these other like weird, silly, you know, procedural, you know, um, things that had to be met in order for us to fight back. And we did because she said we can. She went school to school. All of us went school to school. Um, And she did it too. I think that's the most important part. Often you can have leaders who would say, this is what we're going to do. And people get in position and they do it. But she got into position too. Coach would be there to pick her up and they're going to school meetings together, right? And they go from school to school together and put that, and and, and she's giving the rap. She's organizing the members. She wasn't just on top. She was an organizer as well. And then she was accountable, right? You don't, listen, teachers are a tough crowd. And they read and they have discernment and they are unafraid to ask a question. So she's not just going to schools and people are just like falling down in front of her. She's going to schools and answering very tough questions, Um, critical questions, critical of the union, because, you know, why not? Critical of the laws, because why not? And critical of their overall working situation as well. So these weren't easy meetings. People weren't in complete adoration of her leadership at this point. That's not what was happening. But she did the work and she did it with people. And so by 2012, um, in September of 2012, when we were on strike, you saw the manifestation of her work, of all of our work. But I want to say she led it and I'll never forget the night before we went on th- that night. Cause I think it was at midnight. We had declared like strike. Um, there was a letter that came from the city council members, um, all of the black caucus. I think all of the Latino caucus and various other members and basically told her she would be making a huge mistake going on strike, that this is not something that people wanted, you know, just very declarative. Right. And then that wasn't the only letter. There were other letters. There were other phone calls. Hell, there were even people who were on our side who were saying the same thing. Like you can't beat Rom. You know, Rom is this. Like he's this like large hell, I didn't even know that Rom put his pants on one leg at a time the way that people talked about him. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like words. Like he, he he's like is he an Avenger or something? Um because people were just really like building this little dude up and um, so she was she was troubled of course because who wouldn't be those phone calls are supposed to sow seeds of doubt those, the, those phone calls are supposed to make you think twice and three times and four times and you know I go in the office the lights are off, she's laying on the couch and I was like oh my bad my bad I ain't sleeping she was like I ain't sleep Well, she didn't say ain't because, you know, Karen is just as proper as they come. (laughs) I'm not cheap. (laughs) And um, she just said that this is heavy. And she said, you know, I don't want to make a mistake. And I also know that we have to go out because if we don't go out, this union and public education in this city will be non-existent. She recognized that our union was the last guardrail to protecting public education for black students, for brown students, and for working class students in the city. And she said yes. She said yes. And here we are. Here we are.
1: Well, you know, uh, That's bringing back a lot of memories for me. I'd like you to zoom in on something. Uh, The role of black officials uh, as sort of, um, I don't know, agents of ROM. Maybe that's too strong a word, agents of ROM, messengers of ROM. Uh, And uh, I've had many, many off-the-record conversations with politicians. And when they speak honestly, uh, Stacey, uh, they go off the record. And they'll be like, you can't beat this man. He's too powerful. And Karen Lewis has got to understand, you know, this man is too powerful. you got to make a deal with the man. Stacey Davis Gates, if I had a dollar for every one of those conversations I've had with various elected officials, black men mostly, I'd be uh, close to a millionaire. All right, maybe $10, then I'd be close to a millionaire. So talk about that. Just... You got to confront that attitude that is so prevalent in the city of Chicago, Stacy. that Karen was confronting that mindset that you can't beat the Rahm Emanuel's and the mayor dailies of the world. You can only maybe cut a deal with them. That wasn't so bad. Talk about that.
0: They were thinking about it. Like the caricature of an orderman. They never understood labor in the way that we understand our labor. Ron wasn't fighting a politician. Karen wasn't an alderman. She is a leader of a teachers union, and that was the miscalculation. Was that this was about two different politicians? No, it was about a boss and a union. And she understood that dynamic better, I think, than anyone else understood it at the time. Is that he's not beating me. He's not beating me up. He is trying to beat an almost 30,000 member union. Those are all people who live in Chicago. Those are all people who are filling this in a particular way. And so that is the miscalculation, is that people wanna have campaigns against a union leader. But you can't have a campaign against a union leader when the union leader understands where the power is. The power is in the rank and file and has always been. Labor has gotten it wrong over time that this is supposed to be about the person sitting on top. It's not that. Hell, even Ottoman get it wrong. It's not even about you. It's about the people who live in your ward that you represent. And when we begin to like privilege the people who have elected us, then we get it right. You know, these these pissing contests between leaders is the wrong thing. The only reason why you engage in this way is because your members have given you the mandate to engage in this way. That's it, that's all. Um, But you also have to talk to them, like talk to them, your members, the people you represent. You also have to have a heart and a mind for serving them in the way that you have conceived of serving them. All of these things go together, but if you're a foundation, if the infrastructure isn't about service, if your values aren't to listen to and serve your membership, then you will get it wrong. You absolutely will get it wrong. And she didn't get that part wrong. She didn't. And, and here's the other thing. She had enough of a relationship with our members to trust them. That's the other thing. She said, Stacey, these are grownups. These are grownups who are working because they have to. These are grownups who are working because they, they have mortgages, they have car payments, they have children in college, Um, So, yes, they are educators who want to impart service, uh, impart an education and provide service to their students, and they collect a check because they have responsibilities. You have to make make it make sense to people. And then depend on those people to understand that. Now, if they have questions, be available to answer them. Don't hide the ball don't misinform be honest and have the discussion and, and nine times out of 10 whatever you are organizing they will see the utility in that
1: i uh i just confessed this i wrote a piece for the reader that is uh i think just came out uh such good natured making fun of myself confession i don't know if i ever told you this uh stacy uh but uh <laughs> I uh, made a very foolish bet with one, Karen Jennings Lewis. Uh, I bet her that there would be no teacher strike. Bless you. Yeah. <laughs> I bet her dinner. Look, the winner pays. I'm the, the, I mean, the loser pays. I said, Karen, you got to understand. Look, let me, I'm t- explaining to Karen. Look, Karen, I haven't covered politics in this town in a long time. Uh, you're a high school science teacher. Let me explain to you how politics works in this town. All right, Karen? So what's gonna happen, there's no way Barack Obama is gonna let his old chief of staff screw things up and have a teacher strike in his hometown on the eve of the 2012 presidential election. They're gonna put the pressure on Rom. Rom's gonna cut a deal, and it's gonna be kumbaya. No way, there won't be a strike, and I'll bet you dinner. She goes, (laughs) I'll take that bet. So I lost and I happily paid up the bet. It was a great night. And she was teasing me up until the day she died about that bet. But where the hell was Barack Obama?
0: I I mean, where was he? Go ahead. You don't, as the president of the United States of America, to get involved in a deeply local issue is problematic. Like you are the leader of the free world. And then he also
1: knew what he sent back to Chicago. So, Wait, wait. I, I would have liked him to have that attitude when he went over to Europe to pitch Mayor Daley's Olympics. I wish he had that attitude back in 2008. We signed a blank check for the Mayor Daley. We'd still be paying off that damn Olympics if we had been bailed out by the International Olympic Committee. So I don't know. Could it be that Rob intimidated Barack Obama?
0: I don't know if that's what it was as much as it is that, look, you were raised by a teacher. You know that teachers check boxes. They are typically very orderly, abiding um, individuals. They don't seek trouble. They don't seek radical behavior. They just want stability to be respected and to be able to provide an education, to have some professional autonomy. People like Rom, other neoliberals and ad deformers, Karenism, um, those people took it too far. They, they ripped all of the professional space from people who were experts, who were highly trained, and who had very, um, they had deep commitments, not just to the professional, but the, the profession, but to the people that they were serving. Karen was a nationally board cert- certified teacher. She had a deep and abiding um, love for the profession. And so You had like pissed a number of people off. They didn't want to fight in that arena, but they had no choice. And Karen understood that. Core understood that. And then when Core took over the union, the union then understood that. Also, the blame that teachers received, the scapegoating. So. You're going to give a culturally biased test, a tool of white supremacy to black children on the south and west side of Chicago as a means to evaluate the success or failure of a school. You already know that that test is not going to produce an achievement or a successful because it's not designed to do that. In fact, it's designed to submit my inferiority as a black kid or as a brown kid. That, That is exactly why it was designed. That being said, these freaks were using that test to evaluate educators who at the time were overwhelmingly black and female. Those people were moved out of their jobs and their schools were being closed at the same time. It was cynical, it was an overreach, it was wrong. And so what they did is that they went too far and then they started to run up against a group of teachers who had been closed down, who had been removed from their spaces because of the tools that they used. And I think for many of us, Karen included, it just pissed them, pisses us off to hear people who don't give a damn about making sure that there's affordable housing. Don't give a damn about thinking about if we need a hospital or a doctor in our neighborhood, a grocery store that sells fresh produce. Then all of a sudden be so concerned about public education. Now they're not concerned about anything else, housing, the type of policing we get, which is really occupation and abuse, but education you are concerned about. No, you're not concerned about that. Um, And her leadership ushered in like the fullness of what we experience as educators in Chicago. It wasn't about 3%, 4%, 5% three-year contract. It was about how many kids are in that classroom? What else in that building do you need in order to make it work? And guess what? You actually get to ask for homeless children to have um, a house. Mm-hmm. You do. You you get to call out the occupation of a school by police officers. So you can give me a police officer in the black school, but you can't give me a social worker. But then you can talk about the trauma. She called out the inconsistencies of that. So she called Rahm Emanuel, the murder mayor.
1: Yes. Right, She's right, very
0: see. clear. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, you mentioned his name. Let's get there. I already uh, had a little, before you came on the show, uh, had a little fun at Rom's expense. Uh, <laughs> I would say the beginning of the end of Rom's political career was when he so blatantly insulted uh, Karen Lewis and underestimated her. Uh, if he had come to me, I'd have told her, don't do that. Told him, don't do that. I know her. She's smart. And she's not going to back down. But Stacey, you he didn't come to me to ask for my advice. So uh, now I'm reading in my beloved Bright One, the Chicago Sun-Times, Home Delivered Every Day. Rob's revisionary history of what went down. And how <laughs> it's like he and Karen are these two learned Jewish scholars who are going over to the Torah and just like having these great existential thoughts, but really love each other when all is said and done. And, I, you know, Stacy, I would have more respect for Rob if he just admitted that she he blew it. She kicked my ass. She kicked my ass. I underestimated her. I drank all that neoliberal Kool-Aid. I was a complete idiot. I actually believed that stupid movie, Waiting for Superman. and thought I could ride that to what? The presidency? Whatever ambitions he had. Boy, did I blow it. She kicked my ass. I would have more respect for her if he just owned up to it. Talk about it, Stacey Davis-Gate's. The real relationship. Go
0: ahead. Look, Karen had the ability to make you think a lot of things in a discussion. And it's very easy in the past tense to lift the thing up. It's a lot harder to contribute to the tension that she had to sit with for all of those years. It's a lot different to capitulate to the failed model of leadership that was demonstrated during that time that he led. It's a a lot harder to lift up the mirror to what she put forth in terms of leadership ideas and and fight back. When you were the epitome of it at that point, you would have to humble yourself and say, I got it wrong. Now, he ain't doing that, bless his heart, but he don't have to because her ability to lift up and transform in that moment had everything to do with just calling the names of the people who were doing the, 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 the things that were um, detrimental to the actual children who needed the resources. But it was also the conviction that she had, too. She, Southside Chicago. Both of her parents, educators. Her husband, an educator. He, a lifelong Southsider. John, Coach Lewis. What she gave Chicago was just the extension of her love for Chicago. I remember being in rooms where people of note, didn't even want to look her in her face, didn't want to give her the respect of being a leader of a union, wanted to dismiss her voice, wanted to make her smaller in the moment because they were unable to keep up with her. Karen was multilingual, spoke different languages, the basis of her um, ability to speak different languages was her understanding of Latin. Like, understood it had a very great command of the English language. Right. And so to sit with her, you also had to sit in her brilliance. You know how hard it is for dumb people to sit inside of someone else's brilliance and power. So they try to minimize you. They try to make you smaller. And that's what his problem was, is that he didn't just underestimate her. She was invisible to him. Like many black women are invisible to institutions and leaders of institutions in this country. We are invisibilized only because we're female, only because we're black. And so his mistake was the mistake that many folks make and will continue to make. And she didn't make him pay for it. She just made herself seen. And had anyone given themselves an opportunity to see her from day one, they would have already known that she was going to make good decisions, that she was a dimensional thinker, and that she was always going to be one step ahead of you because she was genius in that way but they couldn't accept that because they couldn't see her. I think it's a lesson in not making, I think it's a lesson in being able to see other people that you're not the smartest person. It's not just the power that she helped to build because she didn't just have that power. It was her generosity. It was, and and I want to go back to dimensional thinking. She understood that they were fighting a person. And even though she did not cherish the limelight, she did not. She understood its meaning in our mainstream popular American culture and what that meant for the movement. So she did it, oftentimes begrudgingly, but she did it she also made sure that there were others behind her, that there were others with her, and that there were lessons being handed down. Karen would call you to her office just to talk to you about nothing and then everything.
1: One of the things that uh, follows up t- uh, with Rob's uh, comments to the uh, uh, Sun Times about how they were really such... Uh, great chums is just sort of the uh, adulation uh, that has erupted uh, in the mainstream media and uh, Chicago uh, regarding Karen Lewis. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, Stacy Davis Gates, I'm having a little trouble with this. Okay. I wrote about this for the reader. It's coming out tomorrow. Uh, and I am, it's like, it reminds me so much of Muhammad Ali. I say this all the time, you know, when Muhammad Ali lost his ability to speak and he couldn't say what he believed, suddenly everybody loved him. And then when he died, they loved him even more. I had issues with Muhammad Ali. When he spoke, I didn't agree with everything he said, but I was like listening and you know what I mean? I was processing it, man. When Karen Lewis was alive and leading the teachers union, I didn't know. I can't think of any, you talked about the alderman. I, I think I can name four aldermen who stood with her. Maybe I'm forgetting someone, I, I apologize. Uh, I think Fioretti, Wagsback, uh, Nikki Sposato, uh, Susan Saluski Garza wasn't an older woman yet. So I maybe forgotten someone and I apologize if there was somebody I forgot. That's it, out of 50. No editorials in support of the teachers at all. It was like, shut up and get back to work. No, I, the president was pretending like this wasn't even going on in his hometown. Now they love her. Oh my God, Karen Lewis, what a great leader! Oh my God, I'm having a hard time with this. Stacy, talk about it. Revisionary history. Your thoughts? Am I uh, too hard on all these people? Are you too hard
0: on all these people? No, I I, I think that's what they do. They defang um, black leadership once black leadership is no longer around, and they do that in an attempt to stop other Black leaders from emerging. Look, when I learned that Dr. King liked cognac um, and that he liked women, I was like, so he was regular, regular. <laughs> he, he wasn't just, you know what I mean? He wasn't just this larger than life, almost mythical superhero because I'm not a superhero, so why would I ever be able to like lead in the way that he led? I think that is problematic. People should be people, flaws and all. We should be able to sit with mistakes. We should be able to sit with um, inadequacy, perceived inadequacy. We should be able to sit with the reality of a human being And to know that human beings can do good things, can do great things, and can be called to even greater things when circumstances and situations um, allow for that. And like, that's Karen. Like I saw her up close and personal. I heard her talk about the butterflies. I heard her talk about the doubt. I heard her talk about rejection. I saw the nasty cartoons that people wrote about her, the the social media posts, the comments underneath articles and pictures. I saw how they chose certain photographs of her and she photographs beautifully. Like Karen is a beautiful woman and takes the best pictures of anyone, her smile, everything. But that was never the picture. Never the photograph that was chosen to go with the story. It was always this narrative that they wanted to give her and not the one that she gave. You know, it's interesting now, I did read some of the comments and some of these stories, and I didn't know she was Ivy League. And it's like, huh, you didn't? It's always this character that media attempts to write the stories that they want to tell that will sell versus the reality of who these individuals are and the actual power that their reality gives those of us who are watching and paying attention and who need to be organized. That's the part about this. Karen being a Southside Kenwooder, Karen leaving high school early and going to, um, college. She didn't graduate until here recently. she ju- she she didn't get her diploma until like a, a few years ago her high school diploma until a few year, few years ago. So this whole concept that you defame them after afterwards it's supposed to say it's supposed to exclude the power of the organizing. It's supposed to exclude the power of the murder mayor comment. It's supposed to exclude the organizing, the marching, the, 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 the debates within your organization, the failures and the mistakes, because all of those things make her human and also inspires other people who are equally human to say, well, hell, if she did it, I can do the same thing. I made that mistake, or my mistake wasn't even as bad as her mistake. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And so giving a person an opportunity to sit in the humanity of leadership inspires those who always count themselves out, especially women. And we've talked about this before. We will come up with 10 excuses or reasons as to why we can't lead instead of using those things as the reasons that inform our leadership and make us a more powerful leader.
1: Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, we're not gonna, I, the first time Stacy came on the show, I was uh, pounding the drum for a woman to run for governor. I put her on the list. We called her Governor Gates for the longest time. Uh, all right, let's talk about the 2015 mayoral run that wasn't. Uh, I was so excited. I think I may have mentioned this to you yesterday. I was at that uh, Beverly banquet hall on the Southwest side of Chicago in the summer of 2014. And Karen was doing the series of conversations with Karen, where she would sit down in front of a group of reporters with a, a, a journalist and the journalist would ask her questions. Uh, and it was really an attempt uh, to, to like hone her message, build support, get, uh, raise money, like, uh, draw attention to her campaign while pretending it was like all part of a thinking tour, which she run for mayor. <laughs> and, uh, so I saw, I was actually going to, I don't know if you know this, Stacy, but. Stephanie uh,
0: Gatlin is brilliant. That was her idea. That was, was her idea. It, that, right. Yep. Stephanie's idea was brilliant. Still so I, one one of the was, most brilliant ideas I've, you know, seen.
1: I was going to be the, uh, her, the journalist, when she came to the North side, which is so funny. They trust, they were going to have me, uh, talk to Karen. Um, I really uh, was sad when that didn't happen. But anyway, uh, I was so excited. I remember I was with Michael Harrington in the parking lot. Michael Harrington was uh, one of uh, Karen's uh, top uh, aides back then. And uh, after that, uh, banquet hall meeting i'm like michael she's gonna mop the floor with, i'm telling you she's gonna mop the floor with rob <laughs> he's gonna whoop his ass and then carol uh the job the coach that uh Stacey keeps referring to as john lewis former basketball coach at lane tech high school shout out to john lewis great basketball coach uh, and uh, he drove he he was man such a good husband he drove karen everywhere he took care of karen god bless you coach <laughs> Anyway, uh, I remember them coming out of the banquet hall, everybody's cheering, Karen, Karen. And then, of course, a couple of weeks later, uh, it turns out she had brain cancer and the um, had to go to surgery, and uh, the election, the campaign never happened. And So let's just pretend, Stacey Davis-Gates, let's just pretend she didn't have the brain tumor. How do you think that campaign would have gone down? Ron versus Karen.
0: Oh my god, can you imagine um, the type of Chicago we would have in this moment that would be so much more transparent? Bridges wouldn't have been lifted over the summer. Um, You would actually have leadership that would be seen from the 50 wards, the 77 neighborhoods. I think she would have given an example of how you get to a place with people and not against people. I think she would have demonstrated the ability to be empathetic and expect it at the same time. Karen would have held our hands through this. Like Karen Karen people don't get it wrong that she has a big heart cuz she will hold your hand and she will also expect you, though, to man up and get some stuff done, too. Like, she had this perfect mix of being your best friend, your coach, um, and also your coach. Like, and I, and I think that's the part that sometimes people miss. I think people think that being leading – is just about a speech or leading is about admonishment. Leading is actually about getting those who are following to be them their best selves, to, to, to want to see and do better. Like this inspiration of organizing. It's about getting people to take responsibility for their space with other people. And that our institutions can be pulled into those spaces and then produce better for all of us. Oftentimes, I think leaders believe that once they get to the place that they're trying to get to, that things will just fall into place and that people will just obey and do because you are the leader. Karen understood that the leader meant that I get to have influence that that she said. This is about influence. You can't make people do anything. You get to influence. You get to hold accountable. You get to inspire. But most importantly, you get to work with the people in order to get the work done. Mm. That's how she saw leadership. And if you see leadership like that in Chicago, then you see transformation because that's what she did to our union. Mm. She transformed it. Look, there wasn't a Sierra Red before Karen. Nowhere that Black woman stepped out by herself as a union leader and, and in a deeply hostile environment for educators and for labor. Mm. And she took an entire union with her. And then you saw West Virginia. And I know people like to tell the story that I ran for aid in West Virginia. Sure. <laughs> no. It was Chicago. And now everyone has a red T-shirt. They were wearing blue T-shirts before. That's (laughs) our color in AFT is blue T-shirts. You weren't wearing red. CTU was wearing red. Karen Lewis had on red. You remember her at the auditorium theater? That's when I knew it was different. That's when I knew it was different. I had never seen anything like that in my life. And that woman got up there. I remember that day too. She was breathing deep on that one. She got up there and she commanded that entire auditorium and her speech where she started speaking the different languages she knew. Oh my God, it was electric. She literally set that place on fire. I've never seen people since then love and cherish and and, and lift up one person in the way that they lifted her up. That was amazing. And I was at Grand Park with Bernie Sanders. But that it was electric in there. People knew they had a leader, someone who was going to go to war with them and for them. It was it was something to see. Karen was she. she I don't know, man, this this hurts.
1: By the way, uh, the assumption you made when you went on that riff was that Karen would have beat rock. Yeah, I, know yeah. I was proclaiming that in the parking lot to uh, Michael Harrington. Well, I mean, ultimately, uh, Stacey, I do not know that she would have defeated Rob. He would have come at her. I think I told you this. I saw the opposition's uh, document that they put together against Karen. She owned property in Hawaii. They were going to make a big deal about that, get the papers to run that story. They you did know. run
0: that story. Yes, they did.
1: You're right. The, I think the bright ones sometimes. Story. Or maybe it's a tribute. I can't remember. It anyway, it was the Sun Times. Yeah, they they. So you knew that was coming. Uh, so I like to believe that she would have defeated Rom.
0: They called her a thousand air.
1: <laughs> yeah, a thousand air.
0: <laughs> it was so stupid.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, by the way, we just got to just briefly about the uh, the personal Karen Lewis. We're, I just have to say this that. um Yes, you're right. She spoke all those languages. She was really smart. But she was so much fun to talk to on a one-on-one position. And she was such a trash talker. And one of the foulest mouths. I opened the show, Dropping F-Bombs, which I don't usually do, just out of a tribute to Karen Lewis. Karen Lewis has sent them some things to me, Stacey, that I can't repeat. (laughs) I'm blessed. They're so funny. And uh, she loved – I mean, she just was – she just loved, like she she like gossip. You could talk about gossip with her. You she could would talk call about... you to your her office just to
0: be messy. And <laughs> I was like, Karen, I got work to do. I can't be doing this stuff. Just what? Well, what did they say? What? What was it about? And I'm like, No, I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> just pull you in. Just, just pull you in. Yeah.
1: Did
0: nothing. I was like, Dude, you are the president of the union. You ain't got nothing else to do. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she, <laughs> and she was a trash talker. Like she, Karen was fun. That's the other thing that people, she was fun. Um, she would sit at the bar and get a French 75. And I'm like, what is a French seven? She was so, she was refined and ratchet all at the same yeah. time. All at the same time. Uh, yes, Prosecco indeed. and Malbec
1: yeah okay uh, and, cher-
0: and then cherry pepsi you know what i'm saying yeah. like all of these like contradictions everywhere
1: <laughs> yeah uh did you ever get the feeling that like the, the good days are past are you getting like me uh, there's many. I had a guy come on the show last week or a couple weeks ago. Ken Davis said that his feeling about the teachers is that they're living in the past of 2012. And Karen Lewis and that stage at the Auditorium Theater when she led everybody. And Jesse Jackson. I got to give Jesse Lewis Jackson credit. He's still with the teachers as well. I still am only stuck on those three. aldermen There must have been a fourth up there uh, besides Fioretti Ready, and expect. But anyway, uh, Arena John. Johnny arena. Sorry, John. I forgot. How can I forget John? 45th ward alderman, John arena. Okay. Four. That's it. Wow. Not one black alderman. Uh, Ron was in and out. Ron was
0: in, Rod Sawyer was in, was
1: in and, it and out. out? All right. uh-huh. I, remember yeah, Pro- it. I remember your dear friend, Proco Joe Moreno. Just kidding. She's not really his dear friend going on national TV. First word. Fox of News. War. Fox News. I love teachers, but I can't stand that union. They were trotting that theme, but that one out. Anyway, do you Pray ever get Pray for f- him. Pray for What's, him. Yes.
0: Pray for him. That's no shade. Thing. That's a real thing. Pray for him.
1: Yes. That is true. Uh, so anyway, do you ever worry that you're living in the past? That uh, all I don't us- even
0: know what that means, living in the past. I think it's cute when people continue to equate this like it's a political campaign. I need people to understand that when you have a school district that is ninety percent students of color, over eighty percent free and reduced lunch, the issues that we're dealing with are connected to poverty. So once there, so once we deal with white supremacy, once we deal with poverty, then all of it's over, because we would have done our job. <clears throat> but the fact that these are persistent issues and challenges that our school communities face, that's what we're going to be fighting against and pushing back on. Common good bargaining is about making us whole and calling the institutions to a higher place of resourcing us. I I pray for people who do not understand that our values are our values. They're not headlines. They're not press releases. They're not palm cards. They're not radio commercials. They are actually the values of the people that comprise our union. This whole concept, this this last campaign, ooh, Jesus, it was a thing because it was just about a safety standard. We literally had to fight for A safety standard. How do you negotiate a safety standard? Why do you have to negotiate a safety standard? Standard means that it just should be what it is. So when I hear living in the days of the old, how can you live in the days of the old when our mayor and her team at CPS were intent on sending human beings back into a school community, a building that didn't have proper ventilation for an airborne virus that will have killed over a half a million people before this thing is over. That ain't a campaign. That is survival.
1: Listen, just underneath the picture of Karen Jennings-Lewis on the front page of Chicago Tribune, which I'm showing you, but my uh, listeners can't watch because we still haven't got it together to have this thing uh, to uh, a visual, we're getting there. All right, just give us time. Care, uh, you'll note, Stacy, that I actually have a camera now, different than last time. I, I, I,
0: I know, I see you. This is good.
1: Yeah, but uh, half a students, the headline, half of students in Illinois still all remote. I was talking to uh, my editor, another Karen, uh, the great Karen Hawkins, about this yesterday, and she was talking about she's from Alabama. Her family's from Alabama, and she was talking about like how in Alabama, you know, a red state, they don't, I just they don't even believe in the pandemic. They're like. Yeah. The, real eager and thirsty to get the kids back in school, uh, but then she was having, like, "It's like two weeks on, and uh-oh, got to close it because you know what I'm saying? There's like an outbreak because it's like this thing is for real, you know what I mean? It's it's not like a PR campaign that you wave away, but, but with the health commissioner coming out, giving us, this thing is for real, and so like they close the schools, then they open them again. They call Stacy, I'm glad you guys apparently cut a deal. Looks like it's going to pass. God bless you. You had to put up with those 80 meetings, which sound like sheer torture with the HR guy. It was just
0: torture. It was like a hostage negotiation, Ben. You know, and and I'll say this, and I'll keep saying it it was like a hostage negotiation. It was a master class in gaslighting. People telling you something that you know isn't true, know from your own experiences isn't true. Listen, I really... I've come out of this one with, with a deeper appreciation and love for our members. What they have had to withstand in this moment the ridicule, the, the berating, the, the, the pitting parents against them? Hell, they're parents. How you don't pit me against my damn self? You know? They send their kids to CPS just like I do. So this whole concept that they are like intent on doing something to hurt people, but then you want me back to help people. Which one is it? I honor them. I do. Cause this is not easy. It's not going to be easy. Um, I was like completely turned off by that press conference that they held on Sunday. It was like they won something. I'm like we're in a pandemic this is this is so bad we're in a pandemic people are having a real experience with death and grief and mourning and illness and fear and y'all are running victory laps and spiking footballs like what is happening in this moment to our humanity so no look Karen did what she had to do for that moment. And just because politicians say that they believe in what you believe in, it doesn't mean that they resource it. It doesn't mean that they implement it. It doesn't mean that they really agree, but they know it polls a certain way. So it's on their campaign material. Our work is to hold folks accountable for the implementation of, for the resourcing of, the transformative tools that we need in our communities to make it work. And if we're not doing that, who is? Who's doing that? You look at the plan that they put out before we made them do something different. And you tell me which one was inferior and which one is better. And better still ain't good enough.
1: Yeah. Because the schools could be closed. I, I mean, I'm just... Going on that, the story, that's in the Tribune, anybody can read it. It's, it's not even the radical alternative newspaper. Chicago Tribune, as mainstream as it gets, half of students in Illinois still all remote. They close them, they open them, they close them, they open them. We, Chicago could be closed in two weeks, ladies and gentlemen. This is not something you control at a press conference. This is not something you could spin. This is a freaking pandemic. And somehow or other, this country, don't get me started, Stacey Davis-Gates, cannot get it together to get the vaccine. Out to everybody, and I, I, I'm, that still boggles my mind. Like, Ben, I get a call. Uh, yeah, if you call this number right now, you can get the vaccine. How come I gotta know somebody to get the vaccine, Stacy?
0: I'm like well, 90 years old, I should
1: be able to get the vaccine right now. You gotta know, well, you're somebody. not
0: 90 years old, but you certainly should be able to get the vaccine. I, no, I'm I mean- not- and you're white and live on the North side, so I know damn well you can get it.
1: <laughs> Somehow or other, I, it's because I let Stacy Davis-Gates on the bed. If you don't bring Stacy Davis-Gates on your show, we'll <laughs> give you the vaccine. Oh, all right, sorry, Stacy. I want
0: Yeah, vaccine. but you
1: wouldn't have any fun either, so, <laughs> no. you know. By the way, well, I before we close, one good thing about this, uh, I'm going to tease Stacy a little bit, she's not going to like this. Uh, one good thing about this showdown is that they came together Stacey Davis-Gates and Troy Laravier, two of my favorite people in the whole world. And I had, by the way, little known fact, I had, Mick Dumpke and I invited Troy and Karen to the hideout. We had two of them on stage, and Karen was trash talking. Troy that night. And he was coming back. It was a great night. Yeah, so, he couldn't
0: compete with Karen, though. He, he tried, but Karen is, is a master trash talker. That's
1: no, for sure. She is. So I, mean, I was really glad that you, uh, the union Look, got together. With the, go the ahead.
0: principals, I feel terrible for the principals. And you'll never hear me say this again. And, and I do, though, because they are caught between a rock and a an hard place. They, they know that this plan that they were given was unworkable. Troy told zero lies with respect to what his principles needed and how it should have been rolled out. He was right. Period. He was right. And you can't, you don't, you don't fight people who are right. You don't. I mean, they do, obviously. And it's dumb, obviously. Um, and yeah, terrible.
1: Well, anyway, I'm hoping, uh, moving back to uh, Karen, the great Karen Lewis, we'll close with this. I'm hoping uh, that there'll be, I know we're in a pandemic, so there's not going to be any memorial services or anything, but I hope that uh, in due time, there could be a memorial service. Uh, I truly believe the fact that all these newspapers had to put her picture on the front page and Mayor Rahm had to backtrack and rewrite history and talk about uh, their great friendship. I think... um, I I think
0: the fact that they even wrote and published that story is terrible. Write and publish a story about how Jesse Sharkey and Karen um, ran Chicago Teachers Union and what that meant. Write a story about uh, Karen Lewis' um, husband and his enduring commitment and dedication and love for his wife. Write those stories. Ron didn't deserve that story. Not at all. He doesn't even deserve ink to talk about that. The tension, the ridicule, the humiliation, the campaigns, the, the missives that his operation threw her way. And now we want to whitewash it and make it something that it wasn't. No, there are other stories to be told. Talk about the stories of Karen and her students. Talk about the story of Karen and, and, and how her her and uh, coach's students um, um, got them together. Like their romance was brokered by children at Lane Tech, teenagers, you know what I mean? Those are the stories you tell. You talk about how Karen, right in the lead up to the strike, that she renewed her, her nationally, her NBCT, her, she's a nationally board certified teacher, how she renewed that in the lead up to the first strike in this city in 25 years. That's what you write. Those stories don't privilege someone else with her story, with, with her rise, with her um, legend. You privilege the person who built it. Talk to um, members of this union. Talk to Jackson Potter. Talk to Crystal Williams Hayes. Talk to Audrey May. You know, talk to Maria Moreno. Talk to Brandon Johnson. Talk to Marty Ritter, Kurt Hilgendorf, Jennifer Johnson. Christine Maley, Michael Brunson there are plenty of people to talk to about Karen Lewis and which she you know gave Chicago not him and and that, I just think that's that's disrespectful but that's me uh,
1: Stacy Davis Gates thanks so much for coming on and you um... I would say congratulations. Uh, Don't for congratulate that. I am not. <laughs> I'm Sorry, I was about to say. It's like it was utter- the whole thing was utterly insane. I'll repeat what I said at the outset. It should have been like uh, Chris Paul and Adam Silver. Hey, what a phone call! You got what? I- it should. It never should have gotten to this. Never should have gotten to this. But uh, anyway, Stacy, stay safe and sound. Thanks for coming on the show to talk about our dear friend, uh, the great Karen Lewis. We'll talk to you real soon, all right?
0: Hey, I appreciate you, man. And thank you for lifting our sister up. Thank you. And, and in love and in authenticity, authenticity, thank you for that.
1: Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too.